Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. I'm Stephanie, and this is episode 65 of season three, and it is originally publishing on March 4th, 2021. I can't believe we're already in March of 2021. It is bizarre, but you know what? I say this about every year. I just feel like... um seems like the older I get, the faster time goes. Um, I just remember back when being a kid, and especially in the summertime, when you're out of school and just like the days seemed to go on forever and um, things were just a lot slower. Uh, sometimes as a kid, you kind of wished that things like the night before Christmas, you know, we were always like, oh, we can't sleep. We can't wait till Christmas morning comes. Uh, but yeah, now it's just like we want to be like, oh, let's slow it all down. Slow it down. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, my gosh. So this month also later in the month, I will be turning the big five zero. Yes. That is just my mind can't even comprehend it. It's <laughs> it's weird. It's just bizarre. Uh, so yeah, that's that's coming up. Oh man. Yeah. So my birthday is on March twenty fifth, and this makes me think of another thing too. Um, you know how uh, the day that you're born in the month when you reach that age, it's like your golden year. Well, my golden year was age 25. It was just so perfect. And when I turned 25, I told myself, I'm like, oh, I want time to stop because I, I this is the age I would love to be forever. <laughs> and um, it's weird. I, st- I still remember thinking that and, and, and when I turned 25. Um, but when I turned 40, I was good. Like, you know, that, but that's also the time where I determined and I told my husband, Every like big O birthday, I want to travel. I want to be somewhere. And that way, um, it, it it helps me to look forward to it more and kind of makes you feel like you're really like relishing, you know, every second of your life. <laughs> uh, but this year, that's not going to be the case. Nope, nope, nope. But my husband told me that uh, we will, you know, celebrate it when once we can travel. So who knows? I might be uh, 51 by the time we can do that for real. But um, I mean, I I'm good with just even going on road trips. Uh, so um, I really just I want to see like um, some of the big national parks. I have never been, never been to Yellowstone. Um, I don't, I don't think the red, uh, the redwood forests in Northern California is considered national park. I'm not sure, but I've been there and they are absolutely stunning and my favorite tree of all time, redwoods. Uh, but yeah, I haven't been to the Grand Canyon. Um, I haven't been to the one in, uh, Southern California. I forget the name of it. It's the one with that one sheer face mountain that people love to climb. El Capitan, that one. Uh, yeah. So there's just a lot of them. Um, I am digressing so much. But anyway, 
um, yeah, that's what's that's what's on my mind this month is turning the big five zero. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys have to kind of talk me down. I know. I, it, all this time and every year, it's just I'm just like trying to be like, oh, you know, you gotta enjoy. Um, every year that your age and don't get depressed and stuff, but for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's because of COVID um, and the pandemic as well, but I have been fighting this like overwhelming doom and depression of you know, like turning 5-0, which is unlike me normally. Uh, so I don't know. Those of you who have turned the 5-0, maybe you guys can just like, you know, tell me it's all okay. In fact, it's going to be great. <laughs> I would really appreciate that. All right. So, ah, before I forget, I just want to say thank you to, I got a new review on iTunes uh, from Care. It's it's a username, so it's it's all kind of like shortened up or whatever. But it's uh, Karen B. No, Karen Boo. Karen Boo. Karen Boo. Um, so thank you so much for putting a review. And uh, she talked about my uh, previous episode where I talked about chalk paint. And um, so I'm I'm really happy that you enjoyed that episode, and I'm really so happy that you took the time to write a review. Uh, so if anyone um, wants to do that, just go onto your Apple uh, Podcasts app and uh, enter a review for the Make and Decorate podcast. It, it helps me um, to become more visible to people who are looking for a podcast like this one. And um, I do like the, a lot of the podcast is about quilting. And um, I realized that Make and Decorate <laughs> is not going to really pop up if someone types in, I'm searching for quilt shows. Uh, so anyway, it really helps. And thank you so much to the patrons from my Patreon page. Uh, it's patreon.com slash make and decorate. So you can check that out. Every month, the patrons get a bonus episode. And lots of times, if my guests um, agree to it, they will continue talking with me. And uh, they like to give a little bit more like behind the scenes or special extra content for Patreon um, uh patrons. <laughs> uh, so uh, I have a new patron, Katie. So welcome and thank you. Thank you so much. So just a quick update. Last episode, I talked about uh, a quilt I made fairly quickly for me in nine days, this pixelated heart quilt. There's a link to the pattern on the show notes. Um, it's a free pattern on the Robert Kaufman website. Uh, so I gifted it this past Monday. And uh, he really, really liked it. Um, and he, he especially liked that it was a heart uh, motif on the quilt uh, because of, you know, he just had his open heart surgery. So um, I wanted to tell you about the quilt label that I made for this quilt. And uh, because, you know, I was doing this in a short amount of time, there was no time to hand embroider or even machine embroider. So I have a heat transfer vinyl in printable sheets. And um, so on your computer, you can um, make a, a quilt label 
and print it on this heat transfer vinyl from your printer. It could be in color, and um, I even put like a little um, graphic in there of like a little EKG lines um, attached to a heart. It's really cute. Uh, and then I put um, a little text on there saying that um, the beat goes on, open heart warrior. Uh, so I like the way that the label turned out, but it was very fast to make this label. So you print it out on this heat transfer vinyl, um, which is paper backed, and then all you do is uh, iron it onto your fabric that is going to be the label. Um, turned out really well. Now, it does have a laminated uh, feel to it because, I mean, it is vinyl. Uh, but it's still, it's still, it's, it's transparent vinyl. So uh, whatever prints on it is opaque and then um, everything else is just kind of like um, you see the fabric behind um, the transparent background. Uh, so if you're looking for a way to make quilt labels that look really, really nice, but don't take any time really to make, this is the this is a good idea to to use. So I will put a link to what I got. I think I I did get it on Amazon. So um, it's just a little little pack of heat transfer vinyl um, printer paper. Okay, so this episode is about uh, QuiltCon 2021. My recap, and it is my first time. Um, attending a quilt con show ever. Um, I know it's not the same as being um, in real life, but um, it was still amazing and wonderful uh, to me. It was a great experience and I still felt the vibe and the energy in the lectures and people, you know, there's always a little chat room for the attendees to chat away with each other. Uh, you could always also, there's another tab for questions if you wanted to ask the lecturer or the um, instructor questions. Um, and I, I um, signed up for several lectures. I didn't do the whole lecture pass. Um, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> because um, it, it was a lot. It would, there was, there was a lot of like, information consumption for me. And by the end of QuillCon, I was like spent. I was feeling it. I was so just exhausted mentally. And I don't know, physically, but not really. It just felt like I was. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the vibe and the energy was there. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I learned also too that if I were to attend in person, I would not sign up for six classes. Um, so it's they take a lot of time and energy and again, with that mental, like you're feeling like your brain is going to combust. But um, it was perfect for doing this virtually. And quite frankly, I, I have taken classes, not from QuillCon, but from the International Sewing Expo uh, shows um, and in-person classes. Uh, I, I've taken... 
you know, so I can compare like in-person classes to these virtual ones. And I actually prefer the virtual classes because you get a front row seat no matter what. And you can see exactly what the instructor is presenting. You can pause, you can rewind, fast forward, whatever. Uh, and uh, I I think that I just have, I, I think that I just retain more and, and get more out of uh, the online virtual classes versus like the in-person because uh, <laughs> sometimes even too, um, it can get really chatty in there and it's fun. So, you know, like when you have, you break out and you start working on stuff that the instructor just kind of showed and, you know, go ahead and work on this part or whatever, uh, you know, you can get to chatting and chit-chatting and whatever, and then stuff that really doesn't get done. And so that's why I really like the virtual the virtual classes. It, it may just be me, but I prefer those. But I prefer the socialization and the quilt show uh, and the vendors in person. So that's uh, that's my take on it. And the other thing with these virtual classes that I took, uh, I didn't want unfinished projects. I didn't want more projects to be uh, put into a box and, and you know, out of sight. So this was also good uh, because I'm almost done with all of those projects. Uh, so I'll talk about those a little bit later. And the other reason why I probably would take fewer classes is um, that I now understand why people say they they go there um, n- not to take like so many classes, and some of, some people don't even take any classes, but they they just like to socialize and to meet up with their friends and meet new friends and um, you know see all the quilts in the quilt show. So I sort of got that this time, even though I wasn't physically there. Um, just the pace of the schedule. Um, and stuff like that, I I could see that you really kind of needed to create a balance, a balance of your free time and the time that you have to take a look at the quilt show, to look at the vendors and also um, the classes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just um, I I still am glad that I did the six classes that I mean, just because. It, it, the opportunity to take classes from some of these instructors is it, it might be rare, and so I really um, wanted to take advantage of what was there. And since I had never been to a QuiltCon before, um, you know that's that's why I kind of loaded up on on the classes, especially since I didn't have to uh, travel, pay for travel and lodging and that sort of thing. Uh, so. Let's start with the Screek Cap. Uh, so the virtual QuillCon started on Wednesday night. They um, they did a, an award ceremony, and I did not watch that live. Uh, so I started everything on uh, Thursday morning. And um, it officially ended, I believe, Sunday or Monday. Um, but things really wound down around Sunday-ish. 
what I what I enjoyed is that they did um, keep the ex- accessibility to um, the uh, lectures and classes through Wednesday, the 24th. So um, that I actually thought was great. And I really needed it because <laughs> I did go back and uh, rewatch uh, some of those. And uh, so I thought that was great. Um, and the other thing is, so the lectures were done at specific times. And they were, um, I think they were live. If they weren't live, then they were pre-recorded, like with every all the people on the panels. Um, but I think they were live. And uh, so the first day, <laughs> I missed the first lecture. I was like so, uh, like, I couldn't believe it. I like logged in and I'm like, wait, why are they saying goodbye? Why are they finishing up here? I'm looking at the time and I totally got the times mixed up because they only published the times for everything in East Coast Standard Time. I'm in Central. (laughs) So 8 a.m. means 7 a.m. in my time. Um, But fortunately, um, someone, because I posted that on Instagram and one of my friends said, you'll still be able to rewatch it later. So I was like, whew, thank goodness. Uh, so, cause I was really bummed at first. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Um, but I was able to see everything and it was great. Uh, and I went into my calendar and changed all of my classes. Uh, well, here's what I did. So I, and I'm glad I did this because with this kind of, uh, quilt con and virtual, all of the classes are made available the very first day. It's up to you to determine when you're going to watch them and when you're taking these these classes. And it's up to you how many you take in a single day. So I, ahead of time, scheduled out. So on Thursday, I'm taking these classes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and I spread them out accordingly. And, um, and it worked out really well. Um, uh, and in addition to that, um, Hobbs Batting um, popped up with um, a Zoom webinar, uh, so I I hopped onto that and and I did that on one of the days, uh, so I kind of fit that in between classes. But uh, it went over, so I sort of went. <laughs> I, it, it infringed on one of my class times, but that was okay because I could just start the class whenever whenever I could. And I have to say that batting webinar was excellent. I learned everything and then some that you would ever need to know about any kind of batting available to you out there. And um, it's something that I've been trying to um, to learn and to kind of like get a, you know, a mastery of, I guess you could say. Um, and, and this did it. Like I, I learned what battings are better for hand quilting machine, um, the different types of fabrics that you use, um, uh, outside of the batting, like on your quilt tops and backs. Uh, so it was really good. So if you ever have a chance to take, um, uh, a batting, um, lecture or webinar, uh, from Hobbs, I would definitely recommend that. All right, so I'm just going to go over some highlights of some of the classes that I just, they blew my mind and I loved them so much. And uh, 
the one of them, um, it was by Yvonne Fuchs, and she was a guest on my show this past fall. So go back and listen to that episode if you didn't uh, listen to it yet. Um, yeah, I took, she taught a few classes uh, in QuiltCon, and um, I, I wish I, pro- I could have taken them all. She is an excellent instructor. Uh, and uh, I took her quilt design class. And uh, it it was so great. And by the end of that class, I had designed a quilt in a 10-minute segment. Like she had like these exercises for us and they were all 10 minutes a piece. And so, um, and they were all like different, like, you know, types of environments that you could design quilts in. And, you know, people work in different ways, in different environments. Some people like to work in total silence. Some people like music. Uh, Some people um, like to draw things out on pencil and paper and others like to do it directly on the computer. I mean, it's just, it was pretty a vast topic. And the way that she um, funneled it down into digestible blocks was amazing. I learned so much, and um, I was just so happy that I it was a mini quilt. It's good, and I actually am going to make this quilt. Um, so I think I designed. I think it was like a twenty-four inch square, and it's going to be a wall hanging um, quilt. And and I did it. I made it um, like an impressionistic um, uh, looking quilt of the Monet Giverny garden. Um, I love that. I love that garden and, and I love Monet and I love impressionist, um, artwork. So, um, I know it's not very modern of me, but, um, I don't, you know, quite honestly, here's another diversion here. (laughs) Um, I, I, I'm really not like a full on modern quilter. I'm not modern in interior design and I'm not modern in quilting, but I I am not like uh, super traditional either. I'm like in, I like elements of both and I'm in between and um, I like, you know, modern color palettes and fabrics. But anyway, so this was a way that I made a modern quilt with more of a traditional um uh, motif. So yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed that class. And if you ever have the opportunity to take a class from Yvonne uh, Fuchs, you should hop on to that. And then another class, um, Boral Mending. And uh, this class uh, was taught by Sandra Donson, and she also was on my podcast last fall. Uh, and she is such a fun person. I also saw her on uh, one of the panel lectures on quilting. And I saw uh, one of her, uh, she went live on uh, Instagram during QuiltCon. She's just so much fun and bubbly. And I love that from her. And her Boral Mending class uh, was good. It was, you know, uh, just very casual and um, just many ways to do this. And she encouraged you to do what to do what you want. She showed like the different techniques, but 
you know, you can take it and run with it. And I loved that. So um, we we did borrow mending on a pair of jeans. So I'm just about done with mine. Um, I mean, that's the other thing. You have to kind of like determine when to stop, <laughs> when to stop stitching. <laughs> um, but that was a great one. And uh, uh, what? Oh, here I took a software class, um, Illustrator Two, and uh, it was so great. Daisy Ashkatag, I think that's how how you say her name. Uh, also an excellent instructor, and it was very fast paced, but it had a lot of information in it, and I really prefer it that way on a virtual, like when you're watching it virtually, because even though it's going fast pace, you can pause it, catch up, and then restart again. And so I really appreciated all of the information that she packed into that class. And um, I've watched a lot of Illustrator tutorials on YouTube. I've even taken some classes on Skillshare, um, but they're all geared toward graphic design and um, not towards uh, quilting and making quilt patterns. This one was specifically geared towards <laughs> making quilt patterns. And it was amazing. It was so, so amazing. So highly recommend that class as well. Uh, so there's there's other classes I took. Um, uh, oh, here, I'll just talk about one other one too. Uh, I, I did two borrow classes, but they were totally different. And so I thought that was awesome, too, because I wasn't sure what to expect. But um, my mega class, like there were many classes. All these classes I took were mini except for this one, uh, borrow Inspired Slow Stitching with Blair Stalker. Excellent instructor. I really enjoyed her teaching style, and I learned a lot um, because of her teaching style and um, you, you, she goes through the process and she makes a, a borrow quilt. Um, she was making a, it, it's a quilt top, but it was going to become a pillow. So her, her size was about 20 by 20. And, um, you could have made a throw size quilt top as well, but I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to finish the projects. So I wanted to make a wall hanging and I decided I wanted it to be around 20 inches wide by 30 inches long. So like a rectangle. Um, and so, uh, she had a really good overhead camera and um, just she had a very calm, kind of zen, peaceful way about her. And um, whereas some of the other classes were like fast and furious, this one, I just felt like just very, like, very peaceful and calm and it was very like I don't know like I went to the quilt class spa <laughs> it was just really good and so um I I I got the um the actual quilt top done but this the borrow inspired slow stitching um class you you learned how to make the quilt top which is all improv and and that's even a bit challenging for me but by the time i was done with it um i started off 
being like total me and <laughs> I was writing out dimensions of the pieces that were going to get put together and stuff. And so thankfully, thank goodness you could go back and rewatch these classes. So I went back and rewatched because I'm like, this is taking me forever. And it's like so hard. I went back and rewatched and it the improv of it was that nothing was definitive. You you just kind of eyeballed and the shapes and then you basically just cut straight edges so that they could be sewn together. Then I kind of like the light bulb went off the second time I watched it. And then I was able to finish uh, because I only had like maybe a third of the quilt done. Um, and then I did the rest of the quilt top in the same amount of time that it took me to just to do like a third of it. So um, really good. It was really, really good. So the there's very, layers of this though, and I really love it. So you put together the quilt top with a machine and then you hand stitch uh, your boro patches on top. And then there's um, big stitch hand quilting at the end. So I haven't gotten to that part yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. And again, if you can ever take a class from Blair Stalker, I would do that. She's really a very excellent teacher. And especially if you want like a really calm Zen um, environment, that is, that's the way to go. All right. So I'll talk a little bit about the lectures. Again, I I signed up for maybe about um, a six, six or seven of these. And um, I was really pleased with every single one of them. I kind of like got a mixture of topics. So I, I, I wanted to diversify, um, diversify it because there were several maybe in a single topic. But um, so Mary Fonz did an excellent one on the um, world quilts. Um, from the International Quilt Museum. Very, very interesting and very well presented. Um, this one I was really looking forward to, and it did not disappoint. It was the 10 Things Judges Wish You Knew. And uh, I don't remember the, oh, geez, I don't remember the lecturer's name, but she is I think this is what she said. I think there's only like 55 certified quilt judges in the United States, and she is one of them. Um, if I'm wrong, you can totally correct me, but I'm just going on memory of this right now. Uh, but uh, I will tell you, one of the biggest things that I did learn, you may already know this, but I didn't, is that uh, quilt judges all look for one of these things. And that is full binding. So if you have a binding and there's like, you know, space in there um, and it goes flat or whatever, then that's not good. So you want your binding to be stuffed like a pillow. <laughs> uh, and so that was that was good. That was revealing. Um, and then I'll t one more thing. Everybody uh, says, or I, not everybody, but I hear this a lot that um, when, if you put your quilt in a show, a juried show, you have to hand bind it. Um, and this quilt judge says that's not necessarily true. It could be machine bound. It really is more about the, you know, perf perfection of it. And that's just, you know, if you're going to enter your quilt into a show, that's what it's about. So, you know, you want to make sure you have, you know, 
perfect 90 degree corners and mitered corners and all that stuff. So, and if you're going to do, I guess, machine binding, then you got to make sure that that machine binding is pretty, pretty good. Uh, very interesting. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and um, the best in show interview was great. I really enjoyed it. It uh, The person who won the show, her name is Emily Trahan. Um, I think she's Canadian and uh, she was just so, so pleasant. And um, it, it, it's just amazing to see how other quilters, um, how, how they approach quilt design and how they work. And um, I just loved her design and her style because she does a lot of organic shapes and stuff. And I am a big on curves. I do love, I do like curves um, in sewing and quilting a lot uh, and in design, actually. Um, I, I, I enjoy organic shapes and she had that in her quilts and um, it was just really good. Uh, so um, if you have a chance to look at yeah, I, I don't know where they've posted. I'm sure the Modern Quilt Guild has it posted, the best in show. All right, I just looked it up, and it is posted at quiltcon.com. I'll put a link to it because uh, there's a page where they post all of the winners in all of the categories. And also a big congratulations to Yvonne Fuchs. She won first place in use of negative space. Um, another lecture, uh, that I really liked was the panel of, um, different quilting perspectives. So they had a long arm quilter on it. They had a couple of hand quilters and a machine quilter. Uh, Krista Watson was, uh, on there giving her perspective of machine quilting on a domestic sewing machine. And, uh, Sandra Johnson was on this panel too, uh, for hand quilting, uh, and then there was a long arm quilter. I, sorry, I forgot her name. And um, the other hand quilter, Rianne. Her first name is Rianne. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> you know who she is, though, because I think she used to even work for the Modern Quilt Guild. Uh, but it was great. It was really interesting to see all the different types of quilting and, you know, uh, how they do stuff, how they look at stuff. Um, and um, like for the long arm quilter, you know, people asked, uh, some people are intimidated to even send their quilt top to a long arm quilter. And uh, I never even thought about that. I didn't think that that was like a stressful thing, but I guess it is. Uh, so, and of course she's like, you know, long arm quilters are just happy to f to help you finish your quilt and they you know they're not judgy she says she, you know I mean that's what she's saying I'm and if they are you would never know it would you <laughs> so what do you care <laughs> well, that's my opinion on it but um yeah she was really good and uh so that was a really good uh panel um, and there were a few others, but those kind of are the ones that stood out to me. All right. So the other parts of the show um, were the um, the quilt show and there was a vendor hall and then there was a demo stage or whatever. Uh, so let's talk about the quilt show. The quilt show, I thought, was really unique and it it was very well done. I really liked the way they did it. Um, there was 
you went into the, t the button, you clicked on it for the quilt show, and then all of the quilts entered or accepted into the, the, the quilt show were on kind of like thumbnail pictures on one screen. And then you could scroll down, scroll across, and then you click on a quilt, and then another window comes up, and then you could click it to be really big so you could see the details of the stitching and the design. You There was a another um, photo for you to click on to see the back of the quilt. There was the description, like just like you see in a re regular quilt show, you know, that little um, placard that gives you all the information of the quilter and their um, inspiration on making the quilt. Some of these had audio uh, with it from the actual quilter and they would tell, talk about that quilt and um, how they made it and other interesting things. And that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Uh, very nice. Um, and there were really, really nice quilts uh, in the show. So, yeah, that is my recap of my very first QuiltCon and QuiltCon 2021, the virtual show. Okay, and now we're going to talk about economics. <laughs> just, just kidding, but sort of. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that uh, there has been... Uh, chatter going around about our quilting cottons price, the price of quilting cottons going up and going up like now. So, um, and uh, one of the people who explained it very well, and I will put a link to this in the show notes, but uh, Scott Fortunoff, I think he's the CEO of Jaftex Corporation. This is the company who bought out Free Spirit Fabrics. And, uh, of course, that's the fabric company that uh, um, prints and sells the Tula Pink fabrics, K-Facet fabrics, I think Anna Maria Horner fabrics, too. Uh, so you're familiar with those fabric lines. Well, he posted um, a couple of blog posts and ex was explaining how the price of goods were going up and so that we should... Um, expect to see the prices going up. And he wrote this to consumers and to quilt shops owners. So um, anyway, there's a variety of components of economics that are involved with this. But the bottom line is, um, you know, it's, it's going, the prices are going up. And it's not just fabrics. Um, you know, I, we've gotten emails uh, in, from our interior design vendors and prices of furniture are going up. Everything's going up. And one of the big factors of it is the cost of freight and shipping. Uh, but anyway, so um, just I just wanted to put that out there and, uh, you know, don't panic. Um I think there, I see like a little bit of everything out there right now, but don't be, don't let, you know, like the scare, scaremongers scare you um, because uh, we've been there before and, um, you know, we get through it. So um, if, if ever a time to, you know, utilize the principle of uh, make do um, mend and make do, you know, this would be a good time 
And we, we've got a lot of uh, fabrics on hand that we don't even realize that we do. So, you know, um, like Sandra Johnson has really good classes about uh, cutting up your, your denim, your, your old jeans and stuff. And you can make beautiful things from that. You can make beautiful quilts and, and, and so forth. And you can borrow mend them. So um, I just want to, you know, just put that out there and just, you know, let's, let's just like not get all crazy <laughs> about the prices going up because I felt my blood pressure going up too, as I was reading this article and, and you just have to take a deep breath. Last week, you know, lots of retailers do the President's Day sales. So uh, I got a big roll of batting from Pelon, 80-20, 30 yards. And I jumped on it because I knew that, um, you know, things are going up. And I'm so glad I did. Uh and I got it, Joanne's had it for 50% off plus an additional 20%. So it was a really, really great deal. So I'm just wanting to tell you to be on the lookout for um, sales like that. And when you see stuff like that, like a roll of batting, um, kind of jump on that because the further we get into this year, I think um, we're going to be really like sticker shocked on how things are going up in prices. Uh, so I didn't want that to be like a downer. <laughs> I mean, you still got to buy your Tula Pink fabrics, right? <laughs> and your Robert Kaufman Essex Linen. And support your local shops, of course. But you also have to look out for yourself. And you have to make smart purchases and what's right for you. So uh, I, no one, I really don't like it when people shame people for the way they purchase things. So I just want you to, you know, you got to do what you got to do with the budget that you've got. So that's my soapbox. I haven't done a soapbox in a while. <laughs> All right. So we're wrapping things up here. Um, Oh, you know, I forgot to mention um, about, you know, because I always talk about the weather. <laughs> uh, the weather is ever changing here in the Chicago area. But, you know, we got hit with all of those like sub-zero temperatures and huge snowstorms. Um, we got 50, over 53 inches of snow this winter, most of it January and February. And last week, just it just like the snap of a finger changed and we uh, have been getting like 40 degree temps this week um, and started I think this started like late last week but uh, it's crazy so this is the part of the snow that I don't like and uh, when it started to get warm people are just like celebrating like yeah finally let's get spring in here but I'm like you know I could I could have like really enjoyed the snow staying in its white, beautiful, fluffy state for at least another week or so. Uh, because when we, or a gradual melt, but when you get like a, a 40 degree change in temperatures, then this drastic melt happens. There's like floods everywhere and the snow gets all black and dirty and gross. And it's just, ugh. so... 
that's uh, that's my take on the snow thing here and the big melt. Um, not to say though that the the forty degree temps aren't aren't bad. I mean they're very nice and the sun has been out, which is wonderful. I love love sunny days. So that's where we've been at weather-wise. Um, and I hear that Texas, um, th- its weather has been warming up and going back to normal. Um, I have a brother that lives in, um, um, I w- it's like the not the middle, but kind of like further south Texas. So they had to deal with snow as well. Uh, but then they just said, oh, it's it's now it's 75 degrees out and we're in shorts. So... <laughs> Um, I'm glad that they're bouncing back because that was really, oh, it was a terrible thing because, um, you know, Texas is not equipped to handle snow like these north, you know, our northern states are. We're very equipped to handle snow up here. Um, You know, we've got all the the snow plows and the salt trucks and and that sort of thing. But um, anyway, I'm glad. I'm glad that the weather is improving. So one last thing. is recommendation on what I'm watching. I don't really have that much because last week it was I, I was all into my uh, quilt con classes day and night. <laughs> That's all I was doing. So um, the only thing is though that when I have been sewing, I have had some kind of like background TV shows on. So I'll just give you a few of those that I've kind of had in the background. So Wicked Tuna started a brand new season. And it's very interesting because these guys who are normally um, sort of like enemies, (laughs) because it's all about the race to get the tuna, um, they now, um, because they're in COVID times, they have to work together to keep their like industry alive. And it's pretty interesting. So I have that going on in the background while I'm sewing. Um, And then uh, PBS shows like America's National Parks. I was talking about National Parks earlier today. See, so those are beautiful shows I have in the background. And um, The Aquarium is another show I really like. Um, watching. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I don't, you don't have to like, you know, have your eyes glued to the screen. You can just really kind of listen and look up when you hear something interesting. Um, but the aquarium is a really cool show too, because you get behind the scenes looks at aquariums like um, the Atlanta, Georgia's aquarium. I think it's in Atlanta, a uh, really big aquarium and uh, how they take care of the uh animals there. Uh, So that's kind of what I've been having in the background. In addition to podcasts, of course, and I was very happy to see a new podcast from Frances Dowell of the Off Kilter Quilt. So she posted uh, a new episode this past week and um, just kind of got a nice good recap of her her kind of journal style. Um, I think she had even some recordings from back in November. So it's so good to catch up with her and hear her again. All right. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and that you enjoy some time uh, to quilt, sew, uh, craft, whatever it is that you plan to do this weekend. Enjoy it and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye. The Make and Decorate podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Stephanie Socha. 
Visit my podcast page at makeanddecorate.com. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate.